Friday Rugby Podcast. I'm Rob Murphy, Leinster 54, Connacht 7. I've taken this opportunity at a break in the music, which will hopefully be finished, to uh, speak to the lads speaking to me this week on the podcast to start. Alan Deegan, welcome along. Hi, Rob. Dave Finn, welcome along. Evening all. Okay, yeah, good point, Dave. As always, just getting the tone right where I was being a bit too enthusiastic. We've just been absolutely bet up a stick. Is that fair enough? Oh, I think you're being a little generous. Mm. <laughs> Look, you know it's bad when you have a substitution on 22 minutes, and that's because James Ryan isn't needed on the pitch anymore. That's something that, that was. It wasn't an injury. Yeah. I'm. I well, don't. It's probably it, could, it, it, it could have. It could have been. There was no need to keep James Ryan on the pitch after 23 minutes. Well, that's true. They had the <laughs> bonus point on 19 minutes, Alan. If that ever happens between now in the rest of this decade, I'd be surprised. We might go the whole decade, and that won't happen again. Possibly not. Having said that, that's the. the Leinster got their oh, yeah. their biggest ever victory against us last November and now they've increased it by even more. So. so maybe this is the future. Maybe elite teams like Saracens and Leinster around Europe are just going so far above and beyond. Yeah, and I think the, the part of it is that they're able to bring in, like they brought in four players tonight who hadn't played a Pro 14 game. And the four players were Jordan Larmer, Gary Ringrose, James Ryan and Tyke Furlong. So you're looking at world-class players all of them world-class yeah. players being brought in for their first Pro 14 game and then they're able to mix them up with other younger players who get to play with these guys and so it's the perfect balance and you know people are complaining why aren't guys from Leinster coming and playing for Connacht when they get more game time but they're getting plenty of game time here playing with, with really quality players and with the attritional rate of injuries that are out there these days you need to have three and four players of quality in each position for depth There's no one left in the stadium there's about 42 people in yellow jackets not trying to break the world record like we were in sports ground last week standing on the edge of the pitch to stop people running onto the pitch sometimes I think how much money are they spending to keep these guys here they miss two they, they miss, miss two. two there you go <laughs> two people walked across the pitch I think they're uh, former players there <laughs> so I think we're okay but yeah like oh man it just makes before we go on about the game it just makes you wonder sometimes it's very expensive to get into the RDS that said they're selling it out so so be it but you know anyways. well people want to be entertained and, and Leinster entertained them certainly in the first half playing some great rugby Fair enough. Yeah, they certainly have. They were brilliant. Simply, simply brilliant. I chose the word simply because they didn't have to really. No, they weren't brilliant, but that's because they didn't have to be. They were absolutely spot on efficient. I would call them efficient rather than brilliant. Brilliant is if they were being put to the pin of their collar from minute one by a team like a Saracens or a month. Or I mean, they ha- they didn't have to be brilliant because they were just better I mean Ringrose didn't do anything in the first half because he didn't have to we didn't really see Jordan Larmer in attack because we didn't have to the ball was going to Joe Tamani and we were making him look like the best the best Australian since David Cambese uh, the back row destroyed us the front ironically enough the one part of their game that they will look at and go well that wasn't, didn't go perfectly was the scrum we won the scrum penalty off Tyke Furlong we won three penalties to the scrum but apart from that there is very little to say other than Leicester were magnificently brilliantly efficient because they did what all good teams do you make a mistake they got seven points we made so many mistakes we were gifting them seven points all right let's go to a very very brief highlight package of the game and then our initial reaction afterwards which will sum things up it was a clever idea from Fitzgerald but he just didn't get enough on it he had to turn him he had to turn him almost did but he didn't and that's the point 22 years of age Jordan Larimore 21 caps for Ireland Connacht try a trick line out and it's all gone wrong it's bounced out of the hands the first mistake for Connacht at line out time the one thing that went well against Ulster and Ulster and Leinster are charging through and they're almost over the line straight away one pass will do it brilliant from Dooley brilliant from Leinster they're over the line disaster for Connacht their hopes of not 
succumbing to Leinster's complete domination already under Trey. What a start for the home side. A very odd line-out choice. No jumper got into the air, it seemed, and it just bobbled out, and I'm afraid Connacht's defence was... was, uh, was Connacht's defence was... um, at sixes and sevens, few missed tackles straight through the middle, and that's that's not a good start. The lineout is thrown in the front. Copeland has won it. Forty-seven nil to Leinster. Connacht are trying to drive towards the Leinster line. They've got the momentum they need. Surely only an illegal move from Leinster will stop it. As Connacht go towards the line, can they get the touchdown? They've got the try. Connacht get a score. Big celebrations behind the goal from the travelling fans. Forty-seven five. It's better than 47 0. Tom McCartney. Oh, fair play. Tom McCartney gets in. Um, he has made a difference since he's come on, and now he's got a try. He scored quite a few tries this season, hasn't he? That just, it, it, look, it's, it's crazy. It's 47 5, but it just, the effort makes you feel it, that at least they've got something for it. Now, it'll be interesting to see the next 10 minutes. Yeah, will Leinster go and score two more tries? Yeah, that's the whole point. Is yeah. what, what happens now? Get to 60 now? or whatever, because they're at 47, two converted tries to get them to 60. 60, but what Connacht have got to do now is dig in and say, we're going again, you're not getting anything. Tamani, another great tackle, by the way, from the Adioloka in the save today. Connacht are down a man, the injury has caused a bit of confusion. This could be it for Leinster, they're trying to get in the corner. That'll be so frustrating for Connacht to concede a try here like this. William, because it's just come from a nothing situation. Yeah, it's just unfortunate. It was just an overpass. Copeland did his best, but it was nearly impossible to pick up. Leinster of upping the pace here. They are looking for this. Yeah, another flat pass at the base from Gibson Park. The replacement is on as well. He's going to try a cross-field kick. That's pretty dreadful. Did you think he had an advantage? Oh, it's worked out. Ringrose. Oh, it should never have worked out, but it has. And Ringrose scores in the corner. Leinster break 15. Paddy McAllister delivers the uh, line-out call to the hooker, Tom McCartney. McCartney throws towards the back. Niall Murray is under pressure, but he's just about lost it. Leinster have the ball, and that will finish it. Maybe that's a fitting way to end this game. Final score from the RDF, Leinster 54, Connick 7, William Davis. Well, 27, I think, was the spread that our bookmaker friends had. Uh, Connick haven't even got close to that first half they were just blown away they conceded a try after about a minute and a half and it was just one way traffic they never got a toehold in the game in the first half it was done and dusted in 20 minutes when Leinster had the bonus point try and after that the air it's very hard Leinster didn't didn't lose interest a bit like they did against Ulster but they they did become less driven Connacht got a little toehold in the game but they picked up two nasty looking injuries Stephen Fitzgerald and Connor Fitzgerald looks even worse which is symptomatic of the whole season disappointing a lot of it particularly in attack Connacht looked very blunt and very one dimensional and it's they're going to have to really really up get some players back clear their heads very quickly because Toulouse are going to come with a power game but I don't think Toulouse are as good as a Leinster side they don't play the same type of rugby to be honest with you they don't play with the same intensity as Leinster they're still very very good um, and it's a huge challenge but it's it's very simple if they don't win that game Europe the dream of doing anything in Europe is over and just give people context at home 
Alan, like, just in case you've only switched on the radio, maybe haven't been following over Christmas, obviously Connacht are going to be bringing back in a lot of players. Alton Delan, Jared Butler, they hope maybe Fienga and Marmy. They're outside in terms of injuries. Let's see. Definitely Jack Carty, definitely Bundiaki. That obviously radically transforms what this Connacht team is. It does. It does because they're bringing back, you know, top quality players. And players to mention who, Bielham as well. Like exactly. Um, and they're going to need every one of them. Um, I suppose the back three is going to be a problem because they've, they've so many players injured because John Porch went off injured tonight as well. Yeah. You know, and Nee Eddie Loken did look as though he was okay, but still sort of limping there near the end. So you'd worry about where, where they are in the back three. I was just looking, this is the first time Leinster have put 50 points on Connacht in the Pro 14. The last time they did it was in 1999 when they scored 53 points. And this is the first time Connacht have lost both games against Leinster by that many points. It was a record defeat in November and this is an even bigger record defeat. So Connacht have lost something in this fixture. And you know, I heard people talking before and about, you know, and we mentioned it before and there is, William, there, there might have been still lingering frustration at the Pro 12 final and certainly the way Connacht beat them the following year and showboating and all that but when I watch these games I think that's absolute rubbish because there's no there's no kind of bitterness to the way Leinster played that game out there there was just a rootless focus and they're doing that in every game well I think maybe that's how they use that edge they've turned that edge into not getting into niggle just getting into oh, okay. being so you think maybe there is they, yeah, they, I, they I, pick these things out yeah, yeah and the only thing is I'd say in the second half the edge dropped away a bit yeah. maybe they thought for that'll do because they could have kept going and looked for 60 yeah and part of that was because Connick started hitting them they were actually physical as I say just before Deegan set up that try in the second half um, Connacht had won they'd, they'd made seven I counted they'd made seven positive tackles they hadn't made that in the whole of the first half yeah. they'd made seven in the second half they were doing really well they'd brought on some fresh players and as I say it was unfortunate that it was Deegan found Caelan Blade who definitely has something wrong because I've never seen him miss that many tackles um, which opened them up but after, other, other than that Connick played really well in the second half considering who they were playing against Digging in towards uh, next week and what we have to expect before we hand back to studio William to lose on Saturday a big week of build up we came into this period of six well let's even say four European games and three Interpro games and I said to you I remember saying to you Connick could lose all seven of these games you're kind of just so grateful for those two late tries against Gloucester because they've just kept things somewhat together at least there's a game to focus on next week the Interpros have gone about, about as badly as you could expect the Interpros have I mean they're 0 and 4 they've lost 4 out of 4 this season and that's that's a real Achilles heel that's probably for discussion another yeah. day but it's a real problem in terms of staying competitive in the Pro 14 they're still completely competitive in the Pro 14 they've played 10 games they've won 5 they've lost 5 they've 11 games remaining but the focus now has to switch to Toulouse they played and worked so hard last year to get into Europe they don't want to be going out in round 5 at home in right. that competition they want to be going to Montpellier with something to play and for and if they win any, even a one point win they're more than likely going to be somewhat in contention they, still they are and results if they, they results could squeeze them but at least you would go there thinking well we've won our three home games yeah. and we the game that got away from them probably well both of the away games to Gloucester and to lose right back at the start got away from them they were well in those games but they're going to have to up it a lot. I think they will. I think some of the key players coming back, 
but as Alan's just alluded to, the back three cover now is, is in pieces. And that's, uh, that's what we'll end up talking about, Alan, isn't it? Because I was going to say to you, have these three games affected Connacht's chances against Toulouse? But the obvious answer is yes, because of the injuries and the, you know, the attritional... Yeah, yeah, exactly. It, it all depends on, on you know who does come back and who actually makes them you know makes themselves available. The Connacht haven't lost a pool game at home in Europe in either Champions Cup or Challenge Cup since 2015. Like it's quite a record. And there, there's teams like you know Sale, um, Toulouse themselves, Wasps when they were a, a much stronger team. You know Connacht have beaten and and they have you know they're, they're going to have the home crowd behind them next week and they really really need them next week. It's yeah, be very important. Yeah, it's a quarter past three kickoff, so it's not an evening game, but people have got to get up there and create a little bit of uh, audio mayhem because that's what happened in Toulouse. Yep, when they were in trouble yeah. in that ground, those yep. fans just nice went, atmosphere and world went, ba- yeah. went bananas. Yeah, now it's handy for them because they can jump up and down on concrete and scream. But that's Connacht, of, and they've got you know. They, they need a win next week irrespective of where they qualify but they need to draw a line in the sand going to Montpellier then they're into a break and then it's back to this competition with a lot to play for and trying to get players back but they're stretched again how big a blow was this but did the second half cushion it a bit for you William? It cushioned it a little bit, but I'm well aware that uh, I think Leinster did ease up a bit. Um, so this is a, an almighty beat. Yeah, I mean, in the first half, it was like watching teams from different hemispheres of, of, of ability play. They were just in a different stratosphere. Mostly, I would say, because they are unbeaten. The confidence levels. Players coming in, they all know what to do. They all, And it's the speed they do it at. It's just the, the transitional plays are just that so much faster and Connick were grasping at thin air a lot of the time. Because the skill levels, and I'll keep going back to that, the skill levels that Leinster show, they play at speed but also the ball is put in front of every player, the ball is put in a position where they can catch it every single time. Their rucking is done at the right level, at the right height, at the right speed and they make really good decisions when they decide when to crash up, when to uh, um, put pressure on the, the ball carrier. You know, you have to admire that and Connick need to look at that, look at their second half and go, yes, if you come in with the right attitude, you can make a difference. You might not win, but you certainly wouldn't lose by as much. Full time here. Big thanks to Alan and William for joining us. Thanks to you for listening. Leinster 54, Connick 7. Pick the bones out of that, the first half, 40 nil. It was, it seemed to come in waves and in high speed and it was just, Connick didn't seem to have an answer. No, we didn't have an answer. We, um, I think we had the ball for three minutes. We kicked away a lot of possession. When we kicked the ball, uh, it either wasn't contestable or didn't go out. And then we chose to, you know, to not put body in front and, and not try and dominate collision. So um, you do that to any side, they'll hurt you. You do it to Leinster and they'll put six tries on you. It looked watching it uh, that there was a bit of a, a lack of cohesion out there and maybe communication between the players. It was... It seemed to be just a bit shapeless at times, and, and as you say, the kicking cost you. And then this side are lethal. Yeah, they are lethal. I, I think they're the best team in Europe at the moment. Um, time will tell whether they are, um, but they're undefeated at present. And you come here and you you're not at your best, which we weren't tonight. Um, they will hurt you. So we're not the first side. We won't be the last side, but. But from our side, it's, that's that, you know that's not good enough. We 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 don't want to be that side that comes here and just says, "Oh, well, 
40 minutes after 40 minutes there's six tries against you we didn't come here to do that but that's what we gave I thought our second half was much better I thought some of the performance of some of the young fellas still in academy Noah Murray won um, it was fantastic Shawnee Marston came on he was brave Stevie Kearns Sligo man um, came on at halfback sped the game up for us kicked very very well uh, Connor Kenny tie head prop Another, another Connacht man came on straight out of the academy last year and did very, very well. Joe Maxim, who came on to our bench, I thought came on and gave us really good energy, but you know, as, a, as a starting 15, we can't deliver that. Is that a real frustration? Is that, a, is that somebody's going to have to do a bit of, maybe yourself, do a little bit of table banging on one day and say, it's not good enough, you're a starter, I'm expecting more? Yeah, we just did it down there in the shed. And, you know, I just said... We spoke about before the game putting out a performance that we can be proud of. Could you hand be proud of that? No, you couldn't. I don't think there would be too many hands going up. Quickly, let's look at some of the injuries because it's it's the con- constant refrain this season. Uh, both Fitzgeralds, John Porch went off as well. How are they? Yeah, uh, listen, we'll, we'll see how they are tomorrow, but both didn't look good. Um, Stephen's knee, by the look of that, uh, Connor's ankle. Um, yeah, so yeah, the, the run continues, but um, that's rugby. That's a, yeah, we play a collision sport. That's what you're going to get sometimes, and we're having a band run at the moment. It'll turn. Is anybody coming back for next week? Hope so. Um, we should get back. Like we did rest a couple of boys this week. Again, we've got some pretty pretty um, bad and, and bruised bodies, but they'll be better next week. Finlay Beelham should be back next week. Pete Rob should be back next week. Um, we get Jack and Bundy back next week. They've been on a on a break from uh, from the World Cup, uh, so there's a, you know there's a few few fellas coming back next week, which would be good for us. Maybe Jared Butler, Jared and Colby should should both be back next week too. And, you know, it'd, be, it'd be nice to get those two men back, that's for sure. A lot of work to do though. It's you're going to have to. It's a very quick turnaround. These, I mean, you've gone from the best team in Europe, in your view, and many people would agree with you. Maybe the second best team in Europe, so it's, it's not exactly easy, is it? No, it's not easy, you know, but we put ourselves in this position um, because we wanted to, and we were good enough last year to do that, and now it's about how we, how we front up it to it, you know, so you, see, you put yourself in a fight, and now you've got to fight harder, so that, and that's what we're doing at the moment, we're trying to do it at the moment, and um, it's telling us a lot about where we are. Kieran, you've had a little bit of time to reflect on that, that was, that was a tough night. Yeah, um... I don't think it's kind of sunk in yet, but uh, yeah, look, it's a tough night. Um, I think Leinster were, were deserving winners, especially in that first half. They just dominated us. Um, we took too many missed tackles and we soaked, soaked too many tackles. Um, so look, we can either feel sorry for ourselves or we can look at ourselves individually and a collective and, and just re- uh, bounce back for next week. They seem to be playing with great pace and it seemed to catch Connor, as you say, there was the missed tackles there. Was it a case that the game got away so quickly that it's almost impossible when a game's going away from you that fast to actually be able to regroup and get set again almost till half-time, by which stage 40-0 is a horrendous situation to be in? Yeah, but it was ourselves to blame. Um, we put ourselves under pressure. Um, we tried to regroup and, and we just made the same mistakes. So when, when you're soaking tackles and on the back foot, it, it's hard to get a grip of the game. They had all the ball in the first half and... We were just chasing the game from, from minute three, I think it was. But, um, yeah, look, it's, it's ourselves to blame. 
Did you have to uh, protect? Were you carrying a little bit of a knock? I can notice you out on the wing defending a couple of times, or was that just the way that the defensive line was setting up because it was happening so quickly? Uh, no, I'm, I'm all good. Um, yeah, no, that's that's just kind of the way it happened. Um, it's kind of my place to defend, but yeah, look, um, I think a man, man to man, we just didn't front up, and and they just got go for a ball. Well, to lose next week is not an easy one, but it's it's another interesting challenge, and it's, it's a home game, so it's it's up and at them. Yeah, definitely. Um, look, it's exciting. Um, I think a little change from the Pro 14 now in a new competition is, is exactly what we need. Um, obviously, Toulouse, uh, they deserve the respect that they'll get over here, which are an extremely good team. But um, I'm confident coming into the, the week after after a game like that, it might sound stupid, but we can uh, we regroup and I'm sure we'll bounce back. And that was a number of important people. Alan? I'm sure it was. <laughs> Anyone get, picking up that we don't know who we got? Well, we know Andy Friend was in there. All right, we're going to wrap things up. You guys are driving home. I'm staying up for a few points with some Leinster fans who are going to just, you know, tell me what's coming through. Well, one of them said to me, you know, we'll chat to you after this and tell you how it's actually better than it even looks now right now for us. Yeah, talk about Ireland. Yeah. <laughs> Six yeah. Nations is coming. Talk about Ireland. Who's going to, yeah, keep deflecting yeah. it. Yes. Yeah, that's brilliant. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Tell me tell me who's going to play for Ireland out of you guys. Yeah. 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 Actually, I'd like to talk about Ulster. Ulster look really good. And, of course, they're backboned by Ulster a very... Ulster have about nine uh, Leinster players. Yeah, and yeah. also, but backboned, they're two best things happening to Ulster at the moment. Are, of course, former Connacht player John Cooney and former Connacht coach Dan McFarlane. So, basically, vicariously, it's all through Connacht that Ulster are doing so well. The scoreboard is reverse counting down from 54 to get it back to zero again. Took a while. Anyways, 54-7 was the scoreboard scoreline here yes you're right about that alright uh, just finish on this and we talked about it in the post game but I'll start with you Dave and then Alan just trying to get an idea of what this and the last three weeks has done to Connick's chances in the Champions Cup first and then I'm going to ask you about Connick's chances of getting back to the playoffs in Pro 14 and getting back into Champions Cup for next year as we stand here in the first game of the new year you first Dave and next week do it next week to lose how much has this the heavy defeat in the last couple of weeks affected Connick's chances of beating Toulouse? In theory, it hasn't affected it at all. In practice, it almost certainly hasn't, because it's entirely down to mentally. I mean, it's weird. When we did get the ball, we actually didn't look too bad. It's just we got it about ten times in the entire game and managed to cough it up or drop it over the line. Um, in terms of next week, I don't know. It's going to be wholesale changes. We lost two more players there tonight. Uh, I don't know if both... I think both Fitzgeralds could well be out. Certainly, Connor having to be carded off, that's a very bad sign. Jack will be back, Bundy will be back, but... I think the most important player we are missing at this moment in time is Jared Butler because there seems to be a complete lack of leadership on the pitch at times. Um, I have no idea what it means. I, I, I don't know because I didn't see the Ulster result coming. I didn't. I kind of. You could kind of predict that this was coming, but the Ulster result I definitely seen come. For Toulouse, I don't know. The interesting thing is that we have we are five and five in the league, and yet we've beaten the only four of those defeats have been against other Irish teams it's a mental thing and I think the biggest challenge facing Andy Friend is the mental the next two weeks is mentally getting people prepared and the irony is we'll probably go out and produce a brilliant performance and beat Toulouse it's what Connacht often do Alan I said to you at the end of the live feed as well as mental though <laughs> it's physical as well because the attritional right now is possibly the most important thing that's come out of this in the last few weeks all these injuries you're very worried about the back three as we speak right here right now yeah, right here, right now. I believe we only have two fit back three players. Um, cause yeah, Dio sure. Loken and Tiernan O'Halloran. Yes, and, and we don't know about Matt Healy. Matt Healy, yeah. Um, but other than that, uh, Daryl Eader's out, uh, Stephen Fitzgerald's out. Strong Porch also, uh, Lindy, Lindy. Porch and the two Fitzgeralds. Yeah. Wow. Um, I think. I do think if there's one thing, and I'm going, to, I'm going to put this serious head on now, there is one massive difference. And we, it goes back to what you said about Lencer being able to bring. What. what Al said about actually being able to bring in the likes of Furlong and all the likes of the first time. 
they, I mean, they have a guy called Roman Salanola. First time I ever saw him, he was down at the part of the Leinster Eagles team. And he scored two tries for a superb a team that kind of did to the Eagles what Leinster did today. Was he fifth choice tight head? Yeah. Our fifth choice tight head is probably, probably playing for a club team right now. There is a, if, the, if, if the RFU is serious about having four strong promises, either, and they'll never do this, either cap the amount of players that are eligible to play for the promises or start actually looking at making sure that everybody has 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 enough players to cover because we, at nil nil it's not fair just because of the school system and the amount of players that are being produced through schools who are capable of playing at this level in Leinster we're, we're, we're one hand tied behind our back at the moment with the injuries we've two hands tied behind our back there's much more to add to that yeah mm. um, good point it is a good point um, but that's no excuse but it, it, it's no excuse for what happened tonight in the first in half first half because yeah. the second half showed that if you go out with the right attitude and you go out and start smashing against guys they, they are just normal they're just normal human beings and, and well they're normal rugby players much like our guys they do the same sort of fitness levels they do the same sort of skills training you'd like to think they do the same sort of uh, um, uh, conditioning work so you know get out there with the right attitude and it can change everything so the Scarlets had a big win against Cardiff yesterday and Edinburgh obviously going to probably win against Kings I feel safe in saying that uh, tonight so leaving those two aside though it wasn't a bad weekend for our pool with Munster losing and Cardiff losing and uh, Treviso losing so I just say before we before we uh, wrap this up Alan I just say that all is not lost in the battle to be in Champions Cup next year Fort might get you into a playoff obviously the top three is still within the range to play Cardiff twice to play Edinburgh twice they still have Scarlet's come to sports ground lots still to play for at a time of year when we won't be missing as many players as the other teams so that's not gone we can nearly park that for now Which five from five does five from ten does not rule you out of making the playoffs that's for sure no it certainly doesn't and, and as you say we're, we're looking at coming into our best time of year always yeah. our best time of year is always during the Six Nations and friends side last year capitalised on that they certainly did and you're also looking at the fact that an awful lot of players are due back sort of mid to late January um, early February and there's a three week gap there's, there's going to be three Saturdays when Connacht aren't playing a game which is going to give them plenty of time to reset so reversing back to this and today I don't care it's a Connacht podcast that we have we're going to finish on a bit of a positive players who play well because I think there was a few I'm going to start with I think the man you might agree with me the best of them maybe Dominic Robertson McCoy yeah I was going to say yeah yeah that, that you know he had a tremendous game that guy plays at a certain level and he stays at that level it's a solid solid level of rugby Um, he looked like the best player we had in the first half alongside Tom Daly um, who tried his heart out as well and Paul Boyle did a bit of work but everybody else was sort of just focusing staying on that accepting that everyone else fell well below what was required except for maybe the bench which we won't overemphasize rather than say in the collective they all added something but Daly he's, he's from a bad start to the season I'd nearly go as far as to say he's, he's working himself into contention to be a first choice player in the Champions Cup game isn't he? He's pretty close to it you know this, this guy captained Ireland 7s this okay. guy captain, you know was, was be surprised top, yeah, yeah exactly and, and it was a top player um, I believe I, I just going through one of the boards someone made the point that while he was fit in Leinster he tended to be close enough to first choice okay. while he was fit he had an awful lot of injuries which held him back and now he's coming back into some sort of play and he hits the ball he hits the line at speed he hits defensively at speed you know he's a, he's a, a good solid rugby player anything else to add in terms of positives well if you're not going to mention the bench uh, well no you can anyone you want to pick uh, out on the I, bench I thought it was interesting I thought Niall Murray had a good game I thought too. for a first for Niall Murray Niall Murray 
Well, well Murray, Murray. Murray, Murray. Yeah, we went with Murray in the commentary because yeah. we felt our listeners will think we're taking the Mickey, even though some people in this local no, he's the, I mean, townland he's will call him Murray. It's well, it's so. It is what it is. It, yeah, the South was common. Um, no it's, offense intended, either way. Uh, Eighty minutes, fair play. I mean, we, we can. Yes, we brought in a lad who's for his his first his first Pro 14 game of the season is his first Pro 14 game. So you know, he did. I thought he was going. I was very impressed with some. Like, I was. I think Stevie Kearns might be pushing for a start next week. I mean, I don't know if that's a. If you, but I think well, if Marmion isn't fit and yeah, if Played I, is carrying the knocks that Alan said in commentary. He felt yeah. he was. Uh, St- uh, Stevie Kearns. Came. I thought what was interesting was it didn't come off, but I thought John Maxim took a bit of a leadership role there in the last yeah, ten minutes. Some good carries. Yeah. Um, Sean Masterson did well too. Sean Masterson. Look, Sean Masterson is a. Which I I love when he's in play. I mean, he will. Things will happen when Sean Masson is on the pitch. Um, but in terms of it, look, I know it sounds terrible, but you have to park this because if we dwell on this, it'll just make us very depressed. All right, not wanting to disagree with you, but I don't think we can park it too much because I think it's going to stick in the gut for a while. It is, and the only advantage we have over to lose next week is that they're playing away tomorrow in Paris. Ooh. And then, which means That's they only tricky. have they only have a six day turnaround. Which and we have is a lot of players again. coming back. You could say not enough game time under else, but the flip side that is fresh. Jack Plus, Hardy be revitalised, old Bundy. Yeah, and they're they're more or less through. They're, they're, so there, there might be a slight edge missing from their game. So I'd just like to know why uh, Dave Kilcoyne, Joey Carberry, and Andrew Porter up here were allowed to play two weeks in a row. Yeah, it is kind of strange. Porter for Lancer and Munster seem to get an edge there as well. I don't know if we have the answer, but we had we were scratching our heads at that one. No, no insights. It's, it just seems just seems strange because certainly Jack didn't play a huge amount of rugby no, in the World Cup. William was saying though that Andy Friend had told him that Jack had said, he, you know what, he needed the break and yeah. he's, he feels like he's benefiting from it. So I suppose from that perspective, all's well that ends well. Yeah. And by God, with Conor Fitzgerald picking up an injury now, Curdy's going to have a lot of rugby to play. He certainly is, and we're going to see a lot more of Dave Horwitz. Yes, and do you know what? I thought he was reasonably good out there he did yeah he did he brought a, he brought a bit of direction um, he brought a bit of go forward he was taking the ball much flatter yeah. than, than um, Connor was so yeah you, you just don't know alright that's it from us folks I'm sorry if we were too positive at the end there <laughs> some of you might be really angry and why wouldn't you be but look let's see how it plays out because there's two more games in this block and let's be honest if they beat Toulouse and go to Montpellier still in the Champions Cup I don't care who you are you're not much of a Connick fan if you're not feeling positive at that, at that outcome So, and isn't this where it used to be with Connacks yeah. Used to be, you know, in the yeah. in the league, you would play, you play. But some it has, rubbish, do it has raised the stakes. It's raised the stakes yeah, for next yeah. week because if they don't win next week, everything starts to pile up. Yeah, because then you're away to Montpellier and yeah. we'll enjoy the wine. Yes. All right, that's it from us, Dave. Thank you. Quick question: Where, Kyle, where, do, where do we think Carl Godwin will play next week? Hmm. <laughs> I like that from Dave. Just when I try to wrap it up, he decides we're going to extend the podcast. No. The wing. Well, it Clearly. could be the wing, it could be 10, it could be 12, it could be 13. He did, he did that all last year, so he's not, actually, I think he hasn't played 10 this year. It's the only position he hasn't played also, that he played last injured, year. Maybe 9 as well. Okay, let's leave it at that. That's it from us. Happy New Year, folks. Oh, yeah. Thanks for listening. See you soon. Loose, cut it loose. Break out, or nothing changes. Sad and confused. Don't wait until you hear